right chance. You are listening to the Roy H. Pomeroy Podcast. I am Roy H. Pomeroy, of course. You know me. I'll be your guide to all the action at the Voice Actors Guild Studios in Glendale, Island Nation of California. We're ever so lucky to have Henry Francis Tottenham manning his control room and running those out-of-sight dials and crazy levers and far-out buttons. Yep. Thank you, Roy. Hello, everybody. Say, Henry, did you by chance happen to lose a button, a shirt button? Mm, no. Why? Well, I found a button in the hallway. Whereabouts? It was on the ground on the floor tiles near the uh, near the trophy case, Henry. Huh. Wouldn't have spotted it had I not been admiring our many brass accolades. What's it look like, Roy? Well, not much to say. It's just a button. Oh, okay. Just a standard resin faux tortoiseshell four-hole flatback shirt button in what I'd call excellent circulated condition. Mm-hmm. But it has some heft. Cool. A nicely rounded front. Oh, neat. Someone will be missing this. Any chance this is your button? That was my first thought. And? But I examined my clothing, and I don't appear to be missing a button. My shirt! My coat! All buttons accounted for. Okay. I'm not shy a button, glad to say. I could make a missing flyer. A sure thing, sports chief. Okay. This curious fastener will have to spend some time in the lost and found. The old button jar. Yep. This thing harkens back to a day when buttons were a little more important. Oh, yeah? You can't get the buttons these days. That's too bad. All that cheap white nylon plastic button work. Yeah. Two holes, Henry. Cheaper to produce. I shudder to think what's next. One hole. All right, that's quite enough button talk. No holes. Henry, you forget yourself. Sorry, Roy. Well, that's quite all right. Pay it no mind. Negative one holes. Facetiousness, Henry. Impossible. And you, this is, this is beneath you. What about a button that's all holes, Roy? If this were not some kind of audio engineer's idea of a joke, hmm? then this would be considered a mutiny. Radical. You got that right. A mutinous action on your behalf. What about a button with... Um, you may wish to choose your next words carefully, young man. Four holes? Good choice. Thank you. Henry, take this down for your flyer. Okay. Are you a man of wealth and taste? Right. Have you recently lost a button? Lost a button. Were you or someone you loved in the vicinity of the awards case in the Voice Actors Guild Studios on the island nation of California? Please see Christine in the lobby of the Voice Actors Guild Studios. Thank you very much. Did you want an illustration or a photograph? Oh, yeah. You go ahead and slap a crude illustration on there, all right? That'll suffice. All right. Like 10 copies of this? Best make it a baker's dozen. You got it. Oh, and while you're using your pencil to take down my notes, Mm -hmm. jot down a note for Dennis. Okay. Dear Dennis. Right. Won't you please hit our trophies with some brasso? The brass polish that's made of brass and wax. Is that it? Yes, that will be all, Henry. Thirteen copies of this as well. That ought to get his attention. Okay. Speaking of attention... Attention. This portion of the Roy H. Pomeroy podcast is classified super-duper secret level alpha. The Voice Action Guild has received intelligence indicating that a coup within the Mike Kerb congregation has left Karen Carpenter as Supreme Commander. Mike Kerb remains trapped, where I put him, between a cold digital dimension and the magenta mists of the Triangle Realm. With no ability to return to the island nation of California, Mike Kerb's ex-girlfriend and current carpenter, Karen Carpenter, now controls Operation Tasty Freeze, a freeze-your-own-California misadventure. We believe that the Mike Kerb congregation under their new soft rock or pop commander is missing one vital piece to her diabolical puzzle 
A crystalline goblet of secret sauce that once mixed with a lot of ice and shined up into an array of mirrors stolen from the mirror store will give L.A. a white Christmas. Holy frost heaves, H. We can't let that happen. I don't intend to, Henry. You can tell him about the, uh, the sauce from the goblet? Oh, yes. How rude of me. Yeah, this is so crazy. The goblet sauce is thought to be that of the highlighter marker, or the fluorescent sort of uh, uh, marker ink that we've been so furiously trying to reverse engineer these past couple of weeks. Would you say it's like a race? Yes, Henry. A race against time itself. Oh, uh, um, what about the vans? Our man on the street... Vincent Price has recorded a threefold increase in the appearance of white vans on our roadways and streets. Well, what do you make of it? I'm not so sure, but it could mean that Supreme Commander Karen Carpenter lacks the marker sauce necessary to institute her frosty apocalypse. And they're waiting on us to do the reverse engineering so they can steal it from us. Oh, I got a good idea. Yes? Why don't we make some fake highlighter juice? All right. Just like regular yellow ink and write mm-hmm. highlighter on the okay. jar- jars. You want to do jars? Jars is fine by me. Maybe uh, barrels? Um. We could do jars and barrels, Henry 2000. Okay, all right. I just don't want to only do jars. How come? Well, Wilford has all those barrels in his cinnamon ranch. Yeah. Wilford can't join us on the battlefield. He could if he tried. Well, he's a home admiral. He wants to help. Let him help. Let him give us these barrels. We'll fill them up with false marker sauce. Save your jars, Henry. That's what you told me to do. Save all my jars so that we could put the marker stuff in it. All right, right. That's, that is my fault. Henry. Okay. Uh, yeah, it is. I did tell you to save your jars. When I thought we'd be selling these to animation studios, mm-hmm. we'll picture this. You're Karen Carpenter's goon and you're loading up your truck with marker sauce. And you break into our loading dock in the wee hours. What are you expecting to find? A couple mason jars on a shelf? Or are you looking for those big steel drums? <sighs> steel drums. I knew you'd come around. Any other voice action guilt news? or? Henry, are you sore that I told you to save your jars? <laughs> no. We still need those jars, Henry. Oh yeah, for what? Lost buttons, for one thing. You want me to bring them in? How many jars? 400. Oh, Henry... We'll be right back after these messages. I wish Christmas shopping wasn't so hard. Come on, us! Your wish has come true with Sears 50th Christmas Wish Book. Save 10% on orders of $75 or more when ordered through October 19th. Yes, for toys, games, gifts, and 10% savings. Sears Catalog is the one to turn to. Christmas wish book. I wish everything was this easy. And the Roy H. Pomeroy podcast is back. Do we have him on the line, Henry? Yeah, he's on line one. All right. Folks, you know our guest from his television program, The Cosmos. He's also the chair of the Double Sciences Department at the University of California, Los Angeles. Please welcome Dr. Carl Sagan. Yes, Roy, it's good to be here with you on the phone. Now, Carl, you're a man of science. How'd you get your start in the field? I suppose it would have been in school. Sure. I knew a bunch of science facts. Somehow the answers just popped into my mind, and I raised my hand, and all the teachers clapped. Right. I had such a knack for the sciences that it was not long before the popular girls were asking me to write their papers, which I declined at first, citing the fact that they would learn little except for how to cheat, which, as a scientist, I am not allowed to do. Like I always say, cheating is a one-way ticket to Nowheresville. Quite true. 
And speaking of Nowheresville, we have ourselves a cosmic problem. Oh dear, is there a problem with the cosmos? Uh, yes, you could say that, Roy. There is a bit of a problem with the shape of the universe. It is not spherical, it is a cube like my simulation suggested. Alright. Imagine, if you will, a universe that is perfectly spherical. Spherical? You're, you're talking something like a basketball. Or a mirrored gazing ball in a secret garden. Right, a round area, a universe-shaped universe, please. In this spherical construct we call reality, why, well, what's with the roundness? Well, uh, I don't know, uh, planets are round, droplets of water form into little round things, uh, meatballs are round. Mm, sure. Uh, pepperonis are round, a ghost once told me, and uh, although not a sphere. Now a cube is merely a folded sphere in five dimensions. I'll have to take your word, it's above my pay grade. According to my Commodore computer, someone has folded up the universe into a sort of cube or tesseract. Now who would have done a fool thing like that? That I cannot say. Well I didn't feel any folding. Henry, did you feel the universe fold? No. Wouldn't that hurt? An observer from within the universe would not feel the folding of the transdimensional areas. Well if you can't feel it and you can't see it, I don't see the problem and I can't feel the problem. Whatever gets you through the night. A high quality mattress at blowout prices. Well you joke, Roy, but we are headed to the corner of the cube to the corner of 1982. Is this a cube corner? It is. Wonderful. But unlike a sphere, which we can orbit, right. traveling this folded cubic universe will cause us to pop back to the start of 1982. Sure. Don't bother buying any 1983 New Year's party decorations. I see. We are trapped in a time cube. I believe that I trapped us in a cube, Carl. How do you figure... I was doing a bunch of time rift stuff with dimensions and traveling and incantations in the Mike Curb digital computer. Mm, it's very unlikely in cube theory that anyone can mess stuff up. Whatever happens, happens. So what is our fate? Hmm. Do we go back to 1982 with mass deja vu? That remains to be seen. Now this is a disaster or time problem or science uh, issue. It's the main problem. I'm trapped is uh, eternally... Mm, what? 59 years old. My birthday's on the first. That shall remain on the horizon. This defies the laws of natural man and the lords and the havens and stars in our very physics textbooks. Hmm. We're trapped. We're trapped in a cube. What can I say, Roy? Them's are just the conditions that prevail. We're trapped in a cube, Henry. We're trapped in a cube. I did this to us, and I almost forgot I did this to us. You were just doing what you thought was right. As horrifying as it is fascinating. Carl, can you stick around? Sure. Now is the time on the Roy H. Pomeroy podcast where I, Roy H. Pomeroy, do a live sponsor's read. Okay. Today's sponsor is Wonder Bread. Yes, the California Health Kick has wheat bread in the spotlight, and that's fine. We understand your family's health is at stake. But Wonder Bread is the official bread of midnight sandwiches. What you want to do is wake up at 12-something after having previously dozed off. With only the fridge light to guide you, assemble the sandwich of your dreams. Now I can't say what goes in, that's up to you. But what it's on are two slices of wonderful Wonder Bread. Wonder Bread is so light and fluffy that it has a pure surface which reflects maximum lumens for night business. If you've ever tried working with pumpernickel at night, you know that it's a disaster. Forget it. You drop a slice of pumpernickel and you'll never find it. So you go right on ahead 
and enjoy that sandwich, mister. Go ahead, take a bite. No one's looking. It's a wonderful sandwich to eat in the glow of a black and white movie. Light, airy, won't slow you down. Won't cause nightmares. Ooh. The Midnight Sandwich by Wonder Bread. Good, and tagline? Wonder Bread is a proud sponsor of the Roy H. Pomeroy podcast. Mm, what, another? Oh, all right. Wonder Bread, it's a proud sponsor of the Roy H. Pomeroy podcast. Um, I think we could use another one. What was wrong with the former or the latter? Yes, Henry, explain yourself. I think it could have just used a little more energy. We can edit out the, the bad takes. Okay, here she comes. More energy. <clears throat> Great. Wonder Bread, a proud... <laughs> Wonder Bread, a proud... Again. Wonder Bread's a proud sponsor of the Roy H. Pomeroy podcast. The first one was best. Perhaps I could be of service. <laughs> you want to take... Yes. Roy, what do you think? Well, seeing as how I made the universe into a cube, let's let Carl Sagan record a tag. Ooh, far out. Whenever you're ready, Dr. Sagan. <clears throat> oh, here I go. Rolling. Wonder Red. Besides being made of star stuff, it is a sponsor of the Roy H. Pomeroy podcast. Tremendous. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Henry, can I have just the one more tag, please? Oh, I think we have what we need, right? Better to provide too much material than not enough. Okay. Who wants your bread? It is the proud sponsor of the Royage Pomeroy podcast that I see before thee. Shakespeare accent for the win. Total knockout. We need an ad break. We'll be right back. Mom and Dad, could this be your little girl? It's Christmas Eve, Barbie. Think we'll get a dream house? Imagine your Barbie girl sleeping for her Christmas dreams come true. Barbie dream house, Dad. She's been dreaming about it all year. Oh, look at this. Even the windows work. That's more than I can say for ours. Sure feels sturdy to me. It comes with all this furniture? Six rooms full of it. I remember when you wanted a house for your Barbie collection. Yeah, but this is better than anything I ever dreamed of. She'll play with it for years. Dreams come true, Barbie girl, for your Barbie girl. The Barbie Dream House. Merry Christmas wishes to your family from ours. The Roy H. Pomeroy Funtime Hour Holiday Cube Special is back. It's back, baby. It's back. It's back. Mm, it's back. We're speaking to Dr. Carl Sagan from his office. Are you in your office, Carl? Yes, I appear to be in my office at this time. Now, during the break, you and I were discussing the possibility that this cube universe that we're trapped in that keeps us in a permanent 1982 cannot be, uh, we can't escape it. Right. Going forward. True. But is it possible to transverse over one of the vertices towards the polar coordinates of a previous uh, uh, corner? Could we go to 1981? Oh, you wish to go a time traveling back to 1981, do you? Right, untie some of these plot holes and knots and, you know, stuff like that. Well, here's the thing about time travel. Lay it on me, Doc. It's very expensive. Right. You would need a machine costing billions and billions of dollars. Holy smokes, billions of dollars! Possibly trillions and trillions of dollars. And who's gonna pay for this time machine? Hmm. Fat cats in Sacramento. It's almost impossible to get funding for any of the science programs over at uh, California NASA. I want to say it's California NASA. Yes, it's it's California NASA. Right. Is, is it California NASA? Now that I'm thinking about it. 
Yeah, the Island Nation Department of NASA. Henry, such impertinence. There's a doctor in the house. Young Henry is correct. It is the Island Nation of California Department of NASA. Oh, I see. Henry, you were correct. Mm -hmm. Please, in the future, defer to the doctor. Okay. Us doctors and professors are not perfect individuals. Right. But like the California farmers, we are outstanding in our field. <laughs> that is a very funny humor comedy joke. Yeah. Henry? Mm-hmm. Laugh. I laughed. Laugh, damn you. <laughs> okay. That will have to suffice. Roy, I don't mean to trouble you, but I am late for a department-wide staff meeting of all science professors and chairs of the related sciences departments. Is this all hands on deck? Mm, yes, it is an all hands on deck department-wide uh, super meeting. Hey, we had an interesting conversation. Go ahead, run along to your meeting now. Will do. After the meeting, of course, several of the department chairs will be meeting at an off-campus public house to drink beers and try to scare each other with science facts. All right, now. Goodbye, Carl. Goodbye, Henry. Try to stay out of trouble. Uh, okay. The toodles. And that was Dr. Carl Sagan. Mm-hmm. Henry, we're trapped. We're trapped in a cube of our own device. Want to do that corner? Damn straight I want to do that corner. Okay, stand by. I am standing by. This is a podcast corner. I'm Roy H. Pomeroy, inventor of the podcast. My podcast is the Roy H. Pomeroy podcast, and it just so happens to be the one you're listening to. However, there are now dozens of podcasts being produced on the island's nation of California in this very studio. There are also hundreds of other shows being put out by other studios. The voiceover local 257 over on Ventura has been cranking these things out like hot cross buns on an Easter morning, Henry. Oh, yeah. And there are other countries. Mm -hmm. The island nation of Australia, for example. France. Am I proud of my invention? Certainly. Do I control the podcast format somehow? Do I own it? No, it's my gift to the world. But there are far too many podcasts. Here are just some of the titles I've come across in my research. Basketball Review with Barbara and Jake. That sounds fun. Seafoods of the Bay Area. Okay. The Haunted Quill, hosted by an Edgar Allan Poe impersonator. <laughs> Scary. Silence! There's a podcast called Silence with an exclamation point. Well, that's what it says right here on my notes. This is either a silent movie podcast or it's about kings who crave stillness and quietude. Right. As all kings do. There's also Rad on Rod, which is Rod Stewart's autobiographical podcast. I subscribe to that. Really, Henry? You're a Rad on Rod man? Yeah, it's interesting. You don't have to agree with him to listen. I'm surprised. Oh, he's harmless. What's he talking about this week? Um, he was talking about MTV videos. Music television videos. Yeah, like how to use a wind machine and what kind of shirts to wear. Right. Stage fog, that kind of thing. All that flashy editing of the MTV music videos is something out of the Pied Piper's handbook on how to make people feel, you know, very much, uh, you know, hypnotized. Roy? Falling asleep. Roy, you're fading out, buddy. Hello? Oh, yes. I just had a bit of a corner power nap, and I'm back. You sleepy? Did you get enough sleep last night? Whenever I think of Rod Stewart, I am overcome with a powerful slumber's urge. Yeah? Some people count sheep, Henry. Yeah? I count Rod Stewart's. Another podcast <laughs> name is Dressmaking for Very Delicate Porcelain Dolls. I'm not familiar. 
surfing the island nation of California with Mike Love of the Beach Boys. Yeah, no thank you, Roy. Oh? Bad. What's the issue? You didn't hear? I'm afraid not. What's up? He's gone full curb head. He loves my curb. Who puts that podcast out? Malibu Podcast Network, I think. There's scarcely a network, Henry. It's more of a vanity press. It's the number three surfing podcast on the island nation of California. Quadruple fiddlesticks to the likes of Mike Love. Ad break. We'll return after these messages. Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas from your Kmart Christmas store. Save on bowling balls and skirts, sweaters, rods and wheels and shirts. Cameras, TVs, bikes and plants, handbags, bath oil, slippers, pants, mirrors, perfume, gowns and socks, toasters, roasters, robes and clocks, candy records, film and toys, and Santa land for girls and boys. Christmas spotlight, every face at Kmart's Christmas saving place. And we are back. So, Henry, the other day, I was sorting through my pennies when I... Oh, telephone. What are you waiting for? Patch it through at once. Right. H, this is the jackknife. I read you loud and clear, jackknife. What's your status report? Well, I wouldn't believe it if I didn't see it with my own two eyes, H. But look out your window. It's snowing. Preposterous. Uh, Roy? Yes? He's right, it's snowing. What? Look, Roy, baby, I'm a doctor, not a weatherman, but I'm pretty sure that white stuff is snow. This is impossible. Tell that to my thermometer. Sure. The mercury's showing 32 degrees of California Fahrenheit. Now you tell me what this is. Could this be Operation Tasty Freeze? Look, I got reports coming in from all over the cinnamon ranch. People are having frostbite and exposures. They're slipping on ice. How could the Mike Kerb congregation have ushered in Operation Tasty Freeze? They're missing the final ingredient, that highlighter, uh, the marker sauce. Henry, the goblet. How could they have found out the secret? Who the hell cares about how? I only care about saving the lives of these men in my uh, horse uh, area bed hospital thing trailer. Pull yourself together, Jackknife, your, your uh, mobile hospital unit trailer. Yeah, that's it. Great, Scott. What is the situation on the ground? We got men stacked up in the cab waiting to warm up. Yes, uh, of course. Uh, Just hold a second. I don't care where he goes. Stick him with the others. Jackknife? Sorry, Roy. My nurse is a bit green. How could the Mike Curb congregation have pierced our security? They must have bugged the studio somehow. Planted a bug. Look, ladies, I gotta go treat these men. We got injuries. I gotta make hot chocolate. Ah. I'll catch you on the flip side. All right, Jack. Jackknife out. Great Scott. This button, Henry, that I found abandoned near our trophy case with our brass accolades. Mm-hmm, brass accolades. Is in reality. Yeah. A microphone and a transmitter. We've been bugged. They oh. heard everything. They heard the stuff about the marker sauce, and they have their oh. third ingredient. Oh, no, Roy. These kooks have induced a Christmas... Well, I was going to say miracle, but it's not. It's a Christmas disaster, Henry. What are we going to do, Roy? It's getting cold in here. Henry, my sports champion, remain calm. Well, what's... Well, I mean, what's the plan, Roy? We must return to 1981 to prevent any of this from occurring. Oh, Okay. How? Let's just say I have friends in triangular places. When should we leave? After this episode, of course. What can I do? Ready my diving suit. Okay. And gas up your dune buggy. Right. We're going to 1981. We can stop and get some hamburger sandwiches. Righteous. 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 
Okay. Henry, what did we learn today? The button you found in the hallway was a secret bug, and Karen Carpenter and the Mike Curb congregation have uh, put Operation Tasty Freeze into practice, action? Correct. We were stuck in 1982, but now it looks like we're going to 1981, right? You got that right. Rod Stewart has a podcast? Rod on Rod by Sir Rodney Stewart. Yeah, you don't have to like him to find him interesting. Maybe I'll go on that show. Oh, yeah? If we ever make it back on our secret mystery into the mists of time itself. Oh, my God, I have so many questions. And I aim to answer those questions on the very next episode of the Roy H. Pomeroy Podcast. Radical! It's cold, so very cold. The Roy H. Pomeroy Podcast is a production of the Roy H. Pomeroy Podcast Network. Oh, I can see my breath. Our guest was Dr. Carl Sagan. Our surprise guest was the Jackknife, Jack Nicholson. It's 32 degrees and falling. Henry Francis Tottenham was our audio engineer, and our editor is Ted Ehlers. Good thing I came up in Wisconsin, or this nostril scorching coldness of the air would drive me out like no one's business. Our emergency rapid response team is the Voice Action Guild. I'm looking out a frosty window pane at a street scene straight out of a New England postcard, but this is Glendale. Alright, see you in 1981, everyone. Happy holidays from all of us at the Roy H. Pomeroy Podcast. I'm Cecil B. Pomeroy. Perhaps you've heard of me? I'm in oil. Really nice of Pomeroy to take all that worthless land off our hands. How do you know it's worthless, darling? Well, one thing's certain, there's no oil on it. It's been checked and rechecked. I guess he just wanted to apologize for calling us kooks. (laughs) 